It's Comets Insider on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. A heartbreaking way to end a playoff series where the Comets were able to battle back after a 2-0 deficit. Two incredible games at the Adirondack Bank Center. And ever since I became a member of the Utica Comets staff, I was told, well, if you think it's great, if you think the home opener was great, or games in November, if you think that was great, wait till playoffs. Wait till you hear the playoff atmosphere. And it's already bringing a smile to my face and almost a tear to my eye with how happy I was to be a part of yet another season of Utica Comets hockey and a playoff run. To see what it's all about here in Comets land at the best fans in the AHL bar none. You could even argue the best fans in hockey, period. The building's roof was about to blow off after that 5-on-3 penalty kill and you can't tell me that any other AHL building that that would happen. I don't believe it. No fans recognize the game and understand the game that much. And For that, fans, I want to thank you for time and again tuning in and listening to our broadcast, watching and hearing all the coverage for the Comets. This has been bar none the best time that I've ever had calling hockey games, and more importantly, over the past week at the Adirondack Bank Center. Nothing will hold a candle to that in my broadcasting career. So I will finish off with that, fans. My name is Andy Zilch. Once again, I thank you for listening to me during this season and tell the story of a very, very taxing season for these players. Here's Scoop and Rain. AM 1310, 1350, ESPN URW. On the ESPNUR app, it is Comets Insider. I'm Scoop. Rain is here as well. We are joined by public address announcer Tom Coyne. The Observer Dispatch's Ben Burnell. The other green man will be joining us shortly. And unfortunately, this is the season conclusion of Comets Insider. Would have liked to have done this for another month or so. In shorts, and you know, wearing T-shirts, perhaps even getting a sunburn from a broadcast outside a pregame, which was a lot of fun over on the flagship 94.9. But I guess we've got to move on. We've got to recap. What I don't care what anybody says was a fantastic season scoop. It really was. It was a lot of fun. It exceeded expectations. There was a point you go back in October or November, and you just look at these injuries that decimated this roster, the unprecedented number of PTOs and player transactions. It was 56, I believe the final number of players that suited up for the Comets this year. Am I right, Tom? 56 or 58, somewhere in that. And, and Ben, yeah, you had a tweet today about the the number of man hours, was it, or something? Or I, what, uh, what, what was the stat? It was something crazy, like it, twice as much as, as last year. I, I've been trying to keep track of it this year a little bit because I know, you know, injuries have, have been a huge problem. And I went back and I counted today, and it's 478 man games man lost. Man games, yeah. I mean, you think about that, and you're like, this team got into the playoffs. This team took the best team in the AHL to five games, and they had lost 478 man games. I mean, you think about that number, and that is just unheard of. It's seasons of hockey literally lost. Yeah. Collectively. And, and, and all that said, I... Th- Seriously thought after Friday's five to two win that the Comets were going to be able to take that energy to Toronto and get a win on Sunday. Just didn't happen. Just couldn't put the biscuit in the basket. Scoop, you alluded to the fact that you thought that maybe they lost their legs a little bit. Yeah, I thought that perhaps they they had lost their legs a little bit. It, it seemed more difficult for them on Sunday to sustain pressure. You know. How much does the the home crowd energize you? Maybe when you're exhausted, I don't know. What, what to your eyes, Ben and Tom? What did you think about Sunday's game by comparison? Well, I talked to Trent 
uh, Sunday night, and he said, you know, we had a lot of grade A chances. We just, you know, couldn't get to go. He's, he, he, I think he thought that they played well enough. It just couldn't get anything past Sparks. Who we got, we got deep into the second period, and it was a one nothing game. You yeah, know? it, it, you know, just couldn't get it to go. They, I, I think they seemed to play well enough. You know, the penalties, I think, might have played a little bit of a factor too, as it had for most of the season. You, you know, you get into that penalty trouble, and then you're, you know, playing from behind almost. I, I got a sense, and I don't know if it was just me. You went, I know you went down to the watch party, the odd. I didn't. I listened on the, on the app on my phone. I had some stuff going on with the kids. But I got this sense from Andy at a couple times where there was a couple of calls where he was like, really? Did that? It seemed like, what? Almost shocked. That was his reaction. Uh, one particular to me was Cam Darcy, who... Yeah, yeah I was just going to bring that up. There that were was reactions the one. at the watch party as well about some of those penalties that were... He, he's ducking under a check, and suddenly he gets called for, I believe it was tripping. Yes. And I was like, I even tweeted it. I, how, how, what? How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, by no means trying to necessarily foster a conspiracy theory, but it was questionable to say the least. And I don't know, you always hear in the NHL or... You know, in Major League Baseball, there's these conspiracy theories. They want these major market or the bigger market teams and things like that, which... Look, might, I'll, might... I'll tell you something. Lee Harvey Oswald shot Kennedy. There was nobody on the grassy knoll. Yeah. There is no conspiracy theory. <laughs> right, exactly. So I, yeah. I think we're stretching there, but it was just maybe the angle that they saw it from was off or something like that. Ultimately, Toronto is a fantastic hockey team, and they ended up winning the game. Tom, go ahead. I, I think that the big thing that we had talked about... Um, before game number four, the recipe that was necessary to be a uh, victorious and was executed was still in play in Toronto, but it just didn't happen there. And that was jump out to a fast start. Yes. Jump on them in the first five to 10 minutes of the first period, get out in front, get into Sparks's head. Because if there's anything about, as a Leaf fan, I'm familiar with Garrett Sparks. If there's anything about Sparkle's, it is that he has some control issues. Yeah. And if you get under him, and we saw it in, in game three. Saw in game four, too. Exactly. If you get under him and he gets out of his his zone, then it's not that you're going to have your way with him. He's not going to completely collapse. But you're going to be able to get some opportunities that you don't normally get. And with the talent that the Comets had on the ice, particularly with the Boucher line and, and with with the Goldie in there, I mean, Boucher could thread a needle at almost any place on the, on, uh, on the net. So it, it didn't happen when they got into it with, uh, with Toronto, up in Toronto, giving up the power play goal relatively early, having to play from behind th- that. Uh, you knew there was, it was going to be a tall, uh, a, a tall hill to climb and not to say that they didn't have the capability of being able to do it, but it, it was just not the start that they needed. Public address announcer, Tom Coyne joining us. Ben Burnell from the observer dispatch is here. My name is rain. Of course, from the flagship 94.9 K rock and scoop is here as well. We're going to talk to the, the other green man. I had the green man on from the pregame broadcast at the ABC the other day, but I'd like to dial him up. I don't know if I want to use his real name, but we're going to ask him, but let's get him on the phone. He outed himself on Twitter, and I know that's a public forum, but we got to get him in but here. They're, they're saying their farewell, and it's I don't think it's going to be the same. I think they're going to they're going to be missed. I think they were a great part of the game experience, probably a bigger part of it for, for fans and kids than 
they themselves have given themselves credit for. Well, we've got him on the line here, and he's been hanging out and waiting. So let's talk to him. Then we're going to revisit some of these final points. There's much more to say, uh, but let's do that. So hang on two seconds, or we'll bring him up. Okay, guys, uh, we're connected here with the other green man, and he is now, of course, uh, taken off the mask, uh, sort of like wrestling, and he has unveiled who he is. Secret identity is now gone, but you will still still see him and the green man in green on occasion for big games, but Charlie is nice enough to join us. Charlie, hello. You guys are such an integral part of the fun atmosphere at the Adirondack Bank Center. What's it been like for the past five years? Uh, not just this past couple of playoff games, but this full five years for you. Uh, it, it's it's completely, I can't even describe the love that I felt for the last five years doing what I do. And I could speak for the both of us, uh, both green men here when I say this, that uh, the interactions we've had these last five years with players, with fans, uh, with everybody top to bottom from Rob Esch to uh, Brendan Burke to Andy Zilch, everybody from the media, it's, it's been indescribable the love that we feel from everybody top to bottom. I'm green with envy that you got to do a Citroen commercial with the Comets. <laughs> What's funny about that is um, the other, or the Utica green man did a few of them a couple of years ago and I wasn't, or I was working or something like that, but I wasn't able to do it. So every time that they used to air before I used to get on his case about it. So uh, I think they kind of just did that this year, do a couple new ones to uh, kind of appease me. <laughs> We'll go to Ben real quick. Uh, I guess what's your your biggest memory, Charlie, as as other green man? Do you have one that sticks out? I mean, any in terms of like egging on the players, uh, it, it's the the, the Tom Sestito incident this year. Um, that <laughs> that was like we had already known we were retiring. We made this, this decision at the end of last season that after five years, this was going to be it. Uh, but for that to happen at the end of this year, uh, hands down, like that was, you know, that's the cherry on top of all the memories I've made the last five years to get that kind of reaction, to get that kind of uh, blow up on social media, the gift going around, that would be the best. Um, but in terms of anything else, um, I, it's hard to say um, any other kind of interaction, but definitely player wise, definitely Sestito. I just wanted to, this is Tom Coyne. Um, Sestito is the one end of the spectrum. Yeah. What about from the other end of the spectrum? In the years that you had been doing this at the odd, because of course the concept of green men was initiated up in in the Pacific Northwest and mm-hmm. those guys were pretty well known and they really had their, their act uh, sprayed all over hockey media. So the concept was out there and when guys – uh, opponents got into the penalty box and saw the show that you two guys were putting on. Um, I would imagine there were some who responded in the opposite of Sestito. Any any of those memories? Oh, absolutely. Um, most of the guys would at least get a chuckle or something out of it. You could tell that uh, they were trying to look around us, which were always, which was kind of funny too. I didn't realize how much of the glass we actually took up until. Um, some pictures were taken inside of the box of us. It's, you, you don't realize it from when you're doing it. Um, but one of the first, in the first year, I can't remember who the player was, but one of them bet us 100 bucks the next time he came around to 
dress up like the Comets. <laughs> so, yeah, we've had a ton of great interactions on the other side of that when it's fun and the guys are having a good time with it, too. And a lot of times pregame, uh, the teams would have fun with us, whether it was checking us into the board, shooting pucks at us. Uh, they had definitely had some fun with it, too. I must say, though, one thing that is that you two guys always played played with them. It wasn't that, it wasn't an antagonistic you know, uh, a, a attacking aggressive fandom. It, it was you were playing mime, and you're right. There were guys, particularly in warmups, who played up against you too, and and were your straight men. It, it went well. It was yeah, and, and sorry to interrupt, but yeah, it was always this kind of thing where we have kids that sit, they're sitting around us, so we always wanted to be kind of keep it PG for the most part. Yeah, we would have our fun every now and again, and. Yes, both of us would get intense into the game and things would be said. Um, but for the most part, we never wanted to. We always had some fans that were always trying to egg us on a little bit more, make it more, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more aggressive. That's never where we wanted to take it. We always just wanted to have fun with the whole thing. You succeeded. Absolutely. You guys were class acts. Every interaction I've ever had. And we go back a ways with you joining us on the Sports Hill Show on Sundays and all of the different times I put you on at different broadcasts. This is Charlie. Uh, that's first name. That's that's how we'll leave it. Of course, you know him as the other green man. It's Comets Insider, the final broadcast of it this season on ESPN Utica Rome, brought to you by Bud Light and Slocum Dixon. We also have Ben Burnell in studio, Tom Coyne, public address announcer at the Adirondack Bank Center. A good friend, Scoop, is here, and my name is Rain. Who was the MVP of the team for you this year? I mean, Reed is the obvious answer just because of everything he did. Um, on the, on the stat sheet and obviously everything he brought to the team otherwise too. But personally for me this year, it was Zach McEwen just from what he started at this year to the player he ended up being, especially with all the guys that we lost this year. Uh, he really stepped up his game. So not only was him and Carcone were the most improved to me, um, but from the strides he made from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, he was my personal MVP. I've heard a lot of people throwing that Carcone name out there. He really was a, a pretty Boy, integral part of this team. Take a look at his stats at the end of the season, and, and he really he really did step up his game. He sure did. It's triple what he had last season in terms of goals, and I mean, he showed off that speed. He loved that spin move down in the uh, the right circle. Yeah, he. Oh, yeah, the spinner Rooney. Yeah, yeah. He, he used it a few, he, quite a he few liked times. That one successfully. Well, he was, and, and it worked well. So it, it worked a lot. Listen, we got to take a break, guys. Uh, so we're gonna see if we can get Andy Zilch on the phone. I will check on that during the break. There's an article written about Thatcher Demko, who some could also argue was the MVP, written in the province by Ed Willis. We're gonna talk about him a little bit and his his coverage, his very favorable coverage of Utica and the Comets and the hockey and the atmosphere here. We're going to talk about the watch party a little bit more, and we've got Don Leibel, the beat reporter for the Comets, uh, will join us also in about 10 or 15 minutes. That's all next on ESPN Utica Rome. It's Comets Insider on ESPN Radio Utica Rome. Here's Scoop and Rain. Comets Insider back on ESPN Utica Rome. My name is Rain. Scoop's in studio as our announcer let you know. All brought to you by Bud Light and Slocum Dixon. This is the, f- the final one of the year. Kind of Kind of sad to say that. But it just makes you look forward to October, even though you don't, you don't want to wish your summer away. Looks, you look forward to October, but you look forward to there's going to be a lot of changes. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more with Ben Burnell from the Observer Dispatch. We've got public address announcer from the Adriatic Bank Center, Tom Coyne, in studio. Guys, 
there was some really great moments this year. There was some some players here that you might not ever see again. Uh, then again, you might. You might have a uh, Mott back here. You might have Galdobin for portions of next year. You, you think that, hey, with what Thatcher did, he's going to Vancouver. There's speculation on that. Or there's speculation that maybe he's going to split his time. He's going to get some games there. He's going to get some games here. Ed Willis covered the Comets for the province in Vancouver. We'll start with Ben Burnell on this. Some very favorable coverage. He he talked about Travis Green. He talked about Carter Banks. There was uh, an article written about Thatcher Demko that I was just referring to. And he kind of gave, with Trent Call having been a coach in Syracuse, he gave reference to the way they did it in Syracuse, where, you, you know, Veselnitsky, I believe is how you pronounce his name, their goalie, he's up for the Vesna this year. But he started out with 15 games in the NHL one year, maybe 30 or 40 down here. And then they flipped that percentage. And then the next thing you know, here he is a couple of years later. Maybe that's the type of thing that they do with Thatcher. Maybe he has 15 or 20 in Vancouver next year, but make sure that he's playing regularly down here. I don't know what your thoughts well, are on that. I don't know if you read the article. I, I think that's entirely possible that he splits his time between Vancouver and here. And that's kind of what I expect. But we don't, you know, you have to wait and see what they do in the offseason. I guess that's really what will tell the story, you know. What are Who are some of the other guys you think that, that may have a chance? Zach McEwen was brought up, and I think with his prototypical power forward body and the way that he played and just kept getting better, and you know he's going to work this offseason, he's a possibility. You wonder what's going to happen with a Reed Boucher. Uh, Goldobin's another one. Uh, there's Carconi. Carconi, if he performs, they're going to get younger. The Sedins are no longer an option in Vancouver, so there's some roster spots. Granted, you have your Adam Gaudets now, and, and, and I could go on with some of the great young players that they have as they start this rebuild, but they've really just set the base, Tom. Uh, yeah, they have. You know, go, just talking about the Demko situation for a minute, if you if you listen to what um, Travis Green had said in the past and what he had said when he was here, if there is a, a, a particular position, and it's understandable when you listen to what he says, that needs to really be aged, uh, it, it's goaltending. Keep in mind, and so, I, you know, two seasons may not necessarily be the milestone yet. Then also keep in mind what they have up top. Now, Markstrom went in, and there was real chaos in Vancouver prior to him being uh, uh, elevated to a permanent NHL position. Sure. That isn't necessarily the case, despite the fact that I don't think the Green is a that big of an Anders Nielsen fan. I don't think so at all. Um, but... You would have to move him, and I don't know what you know. It's a two and a half million dollar hit. I don't know if necessarily now there are a lot of NHL teams that are still looking for goaltending, and I don't know if now and Nilsson may be there the answer to that. But there may not necessarily be a regular position open for Demko yet, and I don't know if it's necessarily the right move for him. Let me just throw this, Ben. I know I know that you you've probably caught wind of this, but there was some there was some speculation online of Travis Green not being happy with Nilsson due to basically not being in shape. I know that you saw that. I think yeah, we've talked I, about I, that before. I think, I think that was a big thing up at Vancouver. I, I I saw that. And I don't know that that has necessarily been a concern or an issue for Thatcher Demko. So you have to wonder if Nilsson doesn't come in in tip-top, you know, the best shape of his life, that's something that Travis is not going to put up with. I mean, you look at Thatcher. Thatcher just got done playing six games in a row going back to the regular season. So, And, I mean, in Game 5 yesterday, still looked tremendous, I thought. I mean, none of the goals were his fault, in, in my opinion. 
So, you know, Thatcher's a young guy and he's he's working hard and he's doing well. So, you know, I think if he just can, continues that, it's it's going to be a good thing for his development. I just don't see Nilsson being on the Canucks roster next year. Me neither. I, I think, really, Travis Green's unhappiness with his conditioning tells us really most everything we need to know. I mean, would he give him another chance? I suppose that's possible. But I, he's obviously in the doghouse, and if they could get rid of him and move him somewhere, I think they'd do it. Seventh overall pick, first round, Jake Vertanen. Uh, you look at the way that he worked him, and he's still not off the schneid, so to speak. He's still got to keep proving himself. He's got to stay in shape. His conditioning was an issue. Travis doesn't care. If you're not in shape, you're not playing. And that, that applies to Thatcher, to Jake Vertanen, and everybody else. I, I suppose... With Travis and Vancouver, it's a little bit more of an issue. Some other teams, I suppose, tolerate things that maybe Vancouver and Travis don't, Tom. No, and and I think you're right. And Travis held the same philosophy when he was here. Yes. If you're not, you know, if you're not ready to go, you're not going. And I don't care what your name is, and I don't care where you were drafted. Um, you're not gonna, you're not going onto the ice. He did that with Vertanen. He did that with Shin Carrick. Um, you know, he's he's well known for doing that kind of thing and he's got he's got his priorities and if you watch a a Travis Green team play he's he wants the foot to the pedal the pedal to the metal three periods 60 minutes you're going to go hard every shift you're going to sit down we're going to pound you right back out there and I'm going to roll four lines if I've got that and and you know that's going to be the key for him he's got some talent in this club that be able to do it Maybe not full-time next year. And I think, I don't want to throw this point out to, to Ben and the Scoop. From talking to Travis and and the players, you know that, that when you show up to a Travis Green practice, the process is in effect. From the second you get on the ice to the second you get off the ice, you don't stop moving. There's not time with the chalkboard or, or the or the the marker, you know, the wash-off mark. What do you call those stupid things? Whiteboard. Thank you. On the whiteboard. <laughs> Thank you. There's no whiteboard. It's you know what the drills are. You know the way practice is going to go. You have that set and ready to go before you get on the ice, and then you go. Basically, you need to be exhausted and dripping in sweat by the time you're done. Even a couple of guys alluded to the fact that similar to the way Trent Call runs it, but every once in a while he'll give you a chance to go grab a a little bit of water off the bench type of thing. Well, the one thing that we've heard a lot of from Travis and the Canucks and Comets organizations is that they don't want to have somebody come up until they're absolutely ready. They talk about that, you know, possibly hurting a player's confidence if they're not ready and things start to go bad. Travis Green has talked about his own experience as a player and how maybe he wasn't as ready as he should have been. So I think, especially with Thatcher Demko, they're, they're going to be absolutely certain when he is to be up there full-time. And I don't know if he'll be up there full-time next year or not. I think the Nielsen situation plays into that. Uh, we have to, I think, go through the, the offseason. Certainly, I think he's going to play in, in Utica some next year, if not you know, a, a large chunk of game. So what do you, you roughly have 18 skaters per game uh, on a roster, right? Yep. So you're going to have, that's 36 guys that, yeah. with a few exceptions that are, Vancouver exclusive and whatnot, but that's a lot of guys that are going to be jumping up and down and they're going to give opportunities and really try to continue that development process that really seems like the plan 
for the Vancouver Canucks slash Utica Comets in this organization, that's basically a rebuild. I mean, I mean, it's literally what a rebuild is, and that's really what the plan is. They've got a lot of talent on the way. They've got a lot of talent already throughout the depths of this organization. And it, it's kind of an exciting time to be a fan. I mean, Vancouver themselves have struggled for three years, so they obviously have to be patient, even though it's not a patient fan base. No, you're right. And one of the things that we have to recognize is, is that the way in which uh, the NHL is set up, um, 20-year-olds, If you, you have to be a 20-year-old to be able to play in the A. Uh, so a lot of these teens that are going to get drafted that we'll see uh, in June that get their names called uh, for Vancouver, and I believe they have the seventh pick, yep. uh, are not going to be playing here next season. Uh, it's going to be two or three years before they play. They're going to still have to go through their uh, their junior's career, and, and if they're in college, um, they'll probably opt to finish that out. So you don't see the 20, you know, until they turn 20, we're not going to catch them. Um, and even then, that means that those kids are going to, you know, still put in a year or two in the American League before they're ready to be able to, to move up. There's very few Brock Bessers. There's very few Austin Matthews. There's very few Connor McDavid's. Uh, they're a phenomenon. And uh, if you're drafting seventh, you're not going to get yep. Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, uh, Brock Besser. It's just not going to happen. Or Rasmus Dahlin this year. Right. Ben, we've got to wrap up, but anything to add to that? I mean, the Canucks want these guys to succeed. Travis Green wants them to succeed. So, you know, if you get more time spent in the AHL honing your craft and you get continue to get better, you know, they'll give you a shot. They give Thatcher a shot this year. And I think if he continues to work, he'll get there. And I, I think I could easily see him playing a handful of games up in the NHL next season. It, it goes back to the Honors Nielsen situation. What do they do there? Um, so you know, we'll see what happens next year. There'll there'll be some there'll be some movement, and you know, I'm sure Thatcher will get more games between the the, the Frozen Four, the playoff experience here. I mean, he has just really learned a lot. Getting that first NHL game out of the way, it's only going to help him. The nerves are gone for that. Obviously, you'll have the butterflies, but it's not the same thing. He's got that whole first experience set. He'll be ready to go. There is no doubt about it. Comments Insider on ESPN Utica Rome. It is Ben Bernal from the Observer Dispatch, voice of the Adirondack Bank Center, Tom Coyne. Scoop, my name is Rain. We'll be right back. It's Comets Insider on ESPN Radio Utica Rome. Here's Scoop and Rain. Comets Insider, AM 1310, 1350. In the studios tonight, ESPNUR.com, ESPNUR, the app. That's where you can find us. The final show of the season, but we'll be back next year. That's for sure. And what a season it has been. And to get some thoughts uh, on a guy who's written about the Comets all year long and uh, for a number of years now, we've got Don Leibel joining us from Comets Tales. How are you, Don? I'm, I'm great. It's sad that the season's over, but you know, it's, it's over, but that means we will have a beginning coming. And uh, we'll enjoy our summer, but come uh, start towards the fall and, and maybe before that when we find out who, who's back, who may not be coming back, there'll be plenty for us to get excited about. And then before you know it, the fall will be here. So it, it's all good. But, you know, th- there are things that I would like to talk about today. Is I mean, the team, the players, I- I'm going to get to that because uh, I enjoyed seeing progress. And, and when you develop players, that's what you look for. But first from the media side, I mean, what you guys do on uh, – you know, Comets Insider is phenomenal. Not many teams have that. 
Uh, not many teams have the cooperation, and, and I've said it before. I've got to blow you guys' horns because the two of you, uh, uh, Rain and Scoop, man, you guys are a great team, and, and um, to infinity and beyond for you guys. You guys are that good. But I, I like to say that uh, Ben Burnell at the OD, this guy puts out good material regularly. That's his job, but he does it well. As I said in the past, the the, the, the deadlines that he's under, the, the, the waiting in the halls for the players, the coaches and all. Uh, I'd like to see any other AHL market that has a uh, beat writer as uh, convicted as, as Ben to where he puts out so much uh, fresh material regularly. Uh, when it comes to television, you know, we have the Comets face-off. Again, how many AHL teams have their own weekly television show? And I, I think hats off to Lucas. Uh, he, he really uh, does a good job in, in uh, putting out some regular stories on the Comets. We don't see that uh, as much elsewhere. Um, and then when you go to the games, it's the faces of the people that you get to know. You may not know their names uh, at time. You you might, but from the ushers that you see there at the, at the place, and of course the training staff, the equipment staff, and and Andy, you're doing the broadcasts. These are people over a number of months that it, it, you, it's like going to college or going to school. You 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 get you grow attached to. And then you either go, it's like summer break or whatever, that you, you kind of miss them when you don't see them on a regular basis, and then you get excited when you do. Then the players and the coaches, you know, uh, so many guys seem to make progress this year. We had so, so many names coming and going that there were times where I didn't know, literally without a program, who I was going to talk with or see because I did not know the face on a regular basis. But um, I really enjoyed seeing Zach McEwen uh, grow this year. Uh, I thought he did a phenomenal job, and I, and I look he's one of the guys I look forward to for next year. Uh, Trent Cole exceeded anything I thought about. You know, Travis Green was, was a tough person to follow, and he deserved to where he is right now, and it was great to see him come back this past week. Trent Cole, for 10 years, was in the trenches an assistant coach, and I'm saying to myself, where has he been, and who hasn't picked him up, and we're pretty darn lucky to have him. A stellar individual, phenomenal person, engages with the media. He loves uh, talking uh, at length about something, not just quick one-liners. I mean, and you learn something when he speaks. Same thing with his assistant coaches. And and, uh, when you look around the building this year, what Rob Esch has done to that building, you know, recently I was in New Jersey, and at the Prudential Center, they have a, a really nice statue of Marty Brodura and what he meant to that organization. Well, you know, uh, some people may have other opinions, laugh, whatever, but I think with everything that that building has become. And They're not done become, yet. They're not done yet, Doc. You're right. And, and as I said, what it will become, someday somebody has to have a statue of Rob Esch out there because – Without him, we would not have what we have. And I know he wouldn't want to talk about that so much. He's and all, far too humble to, to but, put but up with a lot of that definitely, a statue should be there at some point because, you know, every year, five years, I still go, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And and on the inside, Luann Horton runs that office quite well. She's, she's um, uh, you know, an old-time hockey person. But she's, uh, in many ways, Rob's right-hand person and, and has done a tremendous job. And finally, 
one person who I really want to point out, and I, and I don't need to other than to say, Lindsay Mogul is mm-hmm. the best damn photographer in sports. Now, I know there are major cities, uh, Getty Imaging and whatever, but look at during the game, after the game, on a consistent basis, she is by far the best photographer there is, especially in hockey that I see. Amazing that... So what I'm saying is there's such a collection of of people involved in this that, you know, everything has a beginning and an end, but then it will have a beginning again. For us, the end was yesterday, but just throwing out what I was just talking about, and there's so much more that could be said, you can't help but to be excited about this franchise. Don Leibel, the beat reporter for the Utica Comets, joining us on the phone. Comets insider from Bud Light and Slocum Dixon on ESPN Utica Rome. You know, I do want to throw one other name out there. Eric Kwiatek, who does an oh, amazing videographer, oh, videographer, graphic designer. Uh, the, the guy is amazing. But I want to let everybody else address your comments. I want everybody else to also know we do have confirmation. The voice of the Utica comments over on 94.9 K-Rock uh, will join us for our final segment. So that is something to look forward to. But let's go around the room. I want to say per- personally, thank you very much, uh, Don. You're far too kind uh, for the kind words that you gave us. I'm honest. But I want to let Scoop address that as well. Well, it, you know, on Lindsay Mogul, she knows I'm a huge fan of hers and sure. her photography because I, I tell her every chance I get. I, she probably gets tired of the compliments. But really, if you look at the Utica Comets website and you look at her photographs and then just compare it to the AHL.com, her stuff is just it leaps and bounds so much better than stuff that they're that they've got on NHL team websites. So it, it just looks so spectacular and just and another and a phenomenal person as well. She's she is just absolutely professional and kind every time I talk to her. So and you know you know who else we didn't mention who I really uh, think deserves some props are the Utica folks that are ushers and the, the ticket yeah. takers and as you you come through the metal detectors and how about in the guys and the guys in the back on the zamboni that do the ice that make oh, sure every, everything functions in the back they're all great guys every they're, single they're, one of them you know they're playful with kids you know i love those zamboni guys. there there's there's one other thing too if i may after uh, the first couple of years when we had the american hockey league with the devils it, it was just you know Open the door, people come in, you get your tickets, you sit down, we drop the puck, and, and the game is the game. We had no videos, we had no big screens, there were no cheerleaders, we didn't even have a mascot. Yeah. Um, and then we have this time of uh, where we are without uh, professional hockey, and then we get back into it five years ago. And the biggest adjustment that I had to make was the idea that we had game operations people where literally they put on the whole show, and there's a director. In the first three years, we had a lady by the name of Gina Nasavera. Absolutely. Gina's down with Gina the- is with the... She's now uh, running uh, the show at the Barclays Center doing uh, game operations Nets, right? for the uh, Nets. Um, and periodically, once in a while, she might get called into duty with the Islanders, mm-hmm. and she's done NIT games and other things down there. An amazing lady. Sure. Uh, then last year, we had a, a young lady who came in. Christina was here for a year, and then she was gone. But this year, we had a new gal, uh, Samantha, and I'm not even going to, you know, and I love Sam, and I've, I've never been able to do her last name. Uh, <laughs> I'm right but, there with you, Tom. But Sam 
is absolutely incredible. What you see and you experience at the odd, she sits up in the booth behind Andy and calls all the shots. Yep. She yep. plays the music. She tells me when to go. She tells the dancers when to go. She tells Eric what videos to run. Those guys put the whole thing together, but she calls the whole show, and she was fantastic. Her first year in that responsibility, she had come up and worked with the Rangers uh, down at MSG before this in an assistant capacity. She ran the show and was fantastic this year. Absolutely. I'm going to leave the the last uh, voice you hear in this segment before we get to Andy Zilch. Uh, make it be Ben Burnell from Observer Dispatch. Uh, respond to Don's comments. Well, or your Don, own. Don, thank you very much again for that. You're far too kind. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's it, now that the season's over, it's it's tough, you know, not knowing that I won't be going down to the, you know, the odd most days uh, to, you know, write about the Comets. But I think the uh, the other two people that uh, we got to give a little bit of a, a shout out to are uh, Patrick and Nick Mecca. Yes. Uh, yes, Patrick yes. Damp and Nick Mecca, who do the digital side yeah. for, for the comments and are doing the, the, the tweeting and posting to Facebook. I, I think those guys do a tremendous job. You know, I see them on, on a daily basis, too, and I think, you know, they do as much as, as a good job as, as Sam and Andy and Lindsay and Eric. I, I think they, they do a great job, too. You, we're up and ag- they're fun to be around, those guys. They have fun doing what they do. Absolutely. Don, we're up against the break. I want to say thank you to you very much for joining us and helping us get through another thank hockey you. season. Have a good night. Have a great night to Don. We'll be right back on Utica Comets Insider on ESPN Utica Rome. It's Comets Insider on ESPN Radio Utica Rome. Here's Scoop and Rain. Comets Insider for the final time this year on ESPN Utica Rome. My name is Rain Man. Uh, normally you hear me on the flagship 94.9 K-Rock. Same place. You heard all the Comets games, including the playoffs all year, and the voice of the Utica Comets, Andy Zilch. We are joined, of course, by Ben Burnell with the Observer Dispatch and the public address announcer from the Adirondack Bank Center, Tom Coyne. Nice enough to jump in here tonight. Andy's on the phone. Andy, hello. Good evening. Uh, Great sign-off the other night, uh, but I want to direct it to Scoop. Uh, He's going to lead the charge here. Andy, I think you did a fantastic job calling the games. I, I don't think a lot of people think about you're the only one there. You've got to talk to yourself most of the time. And that's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. When I used to run sound, the uh, the board and, and all the gear for the visiting play-by-play guys with the Columbus Blue Jackets, I always remember the Anaheim Mighty Ducks announcer would come in, and he'd be one guy. And he would literally mm-hmm. turn around sometimes during the broadcast during a commercial break and go, you want to jump on with me? I work for Disney and they won't hire anybody for me to talk to, you know, <laughs> and, and all these teams that come in with their armies of three guys or two guys or whatever. You're one guy. You made it uh, exciting and interesting, uh, e- even in between periods. Uh, so I want to give you some props. I know you defer to Jared sometimes there in between periods, but uh, thank you for uh, all the entertaining broadcasts. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate it. It means a lot. And, uh, thank you. And thank you, Rain, as well, for the kind words. And, you know, I got to actually, I got to throw a, a lot of kudos to Jared Wicks back in the studio. I mean, it's tough uh, talking for, you know, 40 straight minutes. And it's great to have somebody with the knowledge that he's got, uh, not just around the AHL, NHL, but when he does MLB and NFL scoreboards. Like, it's such a help for me to just catch my breath because. It's tough. It's very difficult to talk for that consecutive amount of time, and, and it's great for him to 
to lighten the load for me a little bit too. So uh, I got to throw some some kudos his way. And we talked about it right before the game. Uh, you know, it was him and I just work so seamlessly together. He doesn't need to do countdowns for me. And and I know when I throw it to break, it's in control, and he's got it taken care of. And intermissions are always set. I mean, I think he's a seamless guy to work with. So I got to give him a lot of credit for making me sound good too. And then. And, of course, for the imaging, too. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to break that wall or not, but whoever created the imaging this year did a fantastic job. No, you can give me credit. I, I'm, that's okay. I'll take the compliment, man. I know, it's the end of the I year. Remember I, did, I remember I did during the regular season, and you go, oh, you're breaking the wall. So, so yeah, Rain, man, you put the other imaging for us this year, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. If there was anybody in this world I would have picked, it would have been you. Thanks, man. I do appreciate that. It's, it's fun to make you – well, there's a term that Andy and I use, which I won't say on the air during the broadcast, <laughs> to describe. Andy knows what I'm talking about. It's an inside joke, but to, to describe the, the goal and how we're trying to make him sound. And, and I think we've succeeded. You, you do a fantastic job, Andy. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, yeah, it definitely yeah. does. Now, Andy, it's been fun, and I appreciate all the times that you would let me you know, pop up there during the season a handful of times during an intermission and, and just talk about the game a little bit and... It was a lot of fun. I, I do wish that I was invited up to do uh, color commentary this year, but that never happened. There's actually only one individual that was able to claim color commentary this year, and it was the Brendan Woods. Brendan Woods, who I talked to during the, the final pregame broadcast. He's such a great guy. Yeah. yeah. I, and you know what? Like, uh, it was such. Uh, unfortunately, I hate to bring us down to a low note, but it was such uh, uh, a tough time because. Ironically enough, we entered the second intermission. He was starting to get into a groove and feel really good. And that was when he learned about the unfortunate accident up in Saskatchewan. So uh, he was trying his best to fight through it. And, and I, you know, I didn't recognize how much it affected him at the time. And uh, I think he did a good job trying to put himself together during that. So, uh, you know, for, for fans that... You know, they go back and listen to it. I think you can understand a little bit now during the course of the game. He was trying to wear a smile a little bit for us and help us out, but I think he did a great job, and that third period was really tough on him. Uh, we've only got a couple minutes left here in our final segment, but it is nice to have the voice of the UD comments, Andy Zilts, join us. So let's take 30 seconds, go around the room real quick with uh, Ben Burnell. Anything you want to say to Andy? Well, thank you very much for all your help this year. I certainly appreciate it, and I appreciate the uh, – the pregame banter and, and all the practices, too. So it's always nice to have your face around to, you know, talk to you and stuff. Well, yeah, what? no, thanks. You're, I mean, you're the go-to guy on the coverage. So uh, you've always been there first and foremost. So thank you as well. I hate these goodbyes, man. <laughs> they're just they're just temporary pauses. We're just going on summer vacation. Yeah. Good, good and the idea. good part is summer never arrives here in central New York. <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be pretty darn short, I guess. Truth. I mean, yeah. they had two inches of snow in, the, in Paris Hill last night. Um, you know, one of the things that, that Comet fans uh, might not recognize is is that in, in operations like this at the American League level, um, you have to wear multiple hats. And among the different hats that, that Andy Zilch wears, not only is bringing you all of the games uh, from on the road and at home over your radio or on on a mobile device that you get to tune into when you can't get to the odd or you can't get out on the road, but he also works in other capacities as a liaison uh, to the to the press and also in, in other uh, capacities with the team itself. And, and that's something that I think people need to recognize. It's not just 
doing the games, but all the other stuff and the prep work that goes along with doing the Absolutely. games. Absolutely. But also uh, serving in the capacity of liaison for guys like Ben and for for uh, us at WUTR with uh, with Lucas Frankel and and getting all the other people all set to make and visitors as well to make sure that uh, at playoff time when you got folks coming in from Toronto, when you got folks coming in from Vancouver for heaven's sake covering the Comets uh, and, and making sure that they get the job done and have everything they want and helping me when I'm at the game, making sure that I've got all the things that I need to be able to make sure we can uh, uh, get all the game smooth and, and let everybody have fun at the yard. So yeah, no, we, thank you, man. We are up against uh, our final break. I want to say to you, Andy Zilch, enjoy your offseason. I look forward to hosting Comets Insider with Scoop again next season. I want to thank Ben Burnell for joining us. Don Leibel, of course. Uh, green Man, the the other Green Man, Charlie. Matt Page, who's helping us out in the other room, and everybody else that's participating in it. I'm going to leave the final words of this season of Comets Insider in the capable hands of Scoop. Go Comets! <laughs>